and thank you for the invitation to to speak to you on this day. And I, I hope you can understand me. I'm from Austria, but I, I live in the United States and I do my best to make myself understandable. Now I've heard that this is day 1006 and um, that's about three years worth of prayer meetings, which is wonderful that this is one of the prayer meetings that has endured and hopefully will endure. God knows this country needs it and not only this country, but the whole West and really the whole world. Um, and here's, here's my thinking process approaching this. Now, 1006 devotionals, you have probably heard about every possible approach or angle to prayer. And um, therefore, it's hard to bring anything new. But then again, it's not about, you know, getting this new rabbit out of the top hat, but to encourage you in your prayers and in your hopes. And uh, last time uh, I spoke here, I was... Uh, focusing on the compassionate heart of God who is so willing uh, to hear the prayers of his people. And today I want to take a, a similar approach as I want to again focus on the great recipient of our prayers, but this time with another emphasis. Uh, and the text I want to use is a brief text from Isaiah chapter 45. Uh, Isaiah 45 verses 5 through 7, which surprisingly is not a very well-known text. Um, so listen carefully, it's a very encouraging text where um, we have the situation that God calls Cyrus, the Persian ruler, um, to become an instrument of redemption for God's people from Babylonian captivity. So God calls Cyrus, the Persian ruler, for the sake of his covenant people. And he says, I'm the Lord, and there is no other. There is no God besides me. I will gird you, though you have not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is none beside me. And here it comes. I'm the Lord, and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. Now, this text is a rather shocking text for obvious reasons. But the real point here is how did this happen? How did this Persian ruler, this pagan Persian ruler, suddenly become uh, an instrument of God's grace? Why did this pagan king suddenly help God's covenant people? And, and this is how we go into prayer meetings, right? We expect things. To happen, not only for um, worldly kings to acknowledge the rulership of our God, but for all kinds of things to happen, for wayward children to return, for nations to fall on their knees and, and bow their knees before the Lord Jesus Christ. But we want to know now how does this happen? I mean, God, we, we see God calling this pagan ruler, and, and the answer lies in this most comforting truth of verses six and seven where he reassures us us because the word is written for us as his people this is not a coincidence and we are just innocent bystanders so to speak that we just happen to run into these recordings of history this is written for us and it says i am the lord and there is no other that's the 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 affirmation that's the assurance that there's only one God, there's only one source of energy, there's only one ruler and nothing else. And he says, I form the light. 
we can wholeheartedly agree to that. He forms light, but then it comes, I create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. And I, I have to ask you, I mean, have you ever really considered God having this sovereignty, um, that he's sovereign over all things, that he brings all the pleasant providences, of course, which we love to believe and love to remind ourselves of, but that he also brings calamities. Uh, you know, he's not the one who liberated uh, Judah from Babylonian captivity. He's the one who brought them into captivity. And, and this is something we often forget that God, I, I really don't like the term God allows things because it's really not true. If God would be able to only allow things, there would be another original source of energy that would make these things act and it would make God a bystander. But here also we clearly see that he doesn't allow a strange source of energy that is independent of his to rule things, but he does it. And here he says it, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace. Yes, we love that, but also create calamity. And, and neither man nor Satan nor demons nor angels nor man nor any power can prevent it as they too are all subject to God's sovereignty. As Luther famously said, and I, I would love you to remember this in hard times especially, that even the devil is God's devil. Now, I love Luther because he's so unfiltered in a, in, in a good way. And, and he's saying, yeah, the devil is our enemy. And he, he roams around seas whom he can't devour. But he's also God's devil. God also rules the devil without becoming the author of sin. And, and I want to tell you a little story. I don't know if it's true. I don't know its origins, which I heard years ago, but it's good enough to drive this point home. There was an old lady in the South who was very poor and she lived basically from uh, cornbread and milk. It's a Southern story, right? And uh, at some point she ran out of cornbread and she knew that one meal that she was gonna have was the last meal. She had no more cornbread. And so she went on her knees and she prayed, oh Lord, I'm running out of food now, but I know you feed even all the animals, you take care of the flowers, the lilies on the field and so forth. You will also take care of me. Please provide me with food. And there were too many, uh, two very mischievous uh, uh, lads outside of her window and he, they heard her pray and they said, we're gonna teach her a lesson. So they went to the store and they bought some cornbread and they put the cornbread in front of her door and then they knocked and they hit again. And the old lady opened the door and she saw the cornbread and she took it into the house and immediately she fell on her knees, praising God for the cornbread. At this point, these two mischievous lads jumped up in front of her window and said, it wasn't God, it was us. Your God didn't bring anything. And then she gave this answer. The devil might have brought it, but God sent it. And that is something that we have to keep in mind as God's people, especially in hard times, especially in times like these in the West, when it seems like everything is lost. In times when we have wayward children, in times when we're dealing with sickness and with all kinds of challenges. You are praying to a God who is sovereign. You're praying to a God who not only wants to hear the prayers of his people, 
but he also can hear them. And no one in heaven or on earth can prevent it. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all uh, these things. But now the question, of course, is, but will he hear our prayer? I'm going to make a bold statement here. I make the statement that God will hear and will answer every single prayer of his people, either according to what they ask or better. This means that God does not stop his ears ever before the prayers of his people. But he will answer them either in the way we ask them or better. Now you will ask probably because it begs the question. And I sell, I myself had a very, very sad experiences in my life when it seemed like every time I prayed, things got worse. It really went like that for a long time. It was a time when I didn't know how to live another hour. So difficult were the circumstances, at least in my own perception. Well, I'm sitting in front of you now and I'm smiling and I'm in, in good spirits. Obviously, I came out of this situation. But what I'm trying to tell you here is that most of the time, God hears our prayers and answers them better than we have prayed. And when he does not give us what we want exactly at the time when we want it, or he doesn't give us what we want at all, he has answered our prayers better than we asked. Because you have to keep in mind that Romans 8.28 is true at all times. That all things, even the hearing of our prayers, or the not answering of our prayers in the way we asked, or not at all in the way that we hoped, all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. That is always true. And you have to understand that, that only a both compassionate and absolutely uh, sovereign God who rules light and darkness, peace and calamity can give you the promise of Romans 8.28. A God who is not sovereign couldn't do it. And he says that all things and all, in my understanding, you don't have to be a first class exegete uh, to interpret it rightly, everything that happens. I mean, as painful as it might be. And if you don't believe me, look at stories like the event around Joseph. <laughs> a guy who gets sold into slavery by his own brothers. And every time things look up, they look down again. It's almost like if you didn't know better, if we didn't know the end from the beginning, because we know the word of God, we would think that God has a beef with Joseph to hate him. But now, of course, we know that all this happened to him because he was to become the second most powerful man in the world at that time and to be used mightily in redemptive history. See, here's the thing. We do not know the end from the beginning, but God not only knows it, he rules it. And we have to understand that this is the God you're praying to and whom you are not only allowed, but encouraged, even commanded to call your father in heaven. There, there are times and there will be times and hardship is a, a fact of the Christian life. Nothing to be concerned about. You should rather be concerned if there's never hardship in your life. But it comes from God. Every challenge comes from the loving hand of your father who rules all things who forms the light and creates darkness. But for us who are called by his name, by the name of his son, Jesus Christ, the darkness is never lasting. 
but always a blessing in disguise. May we always remember that as we bow our knees before the Lord our God. Amen and amen.